Have you considered a career change? It's wise to know your options. The following is an improvised introductory file for one such position, found in the Help Wanted section of the Creepy Quadrant. So that's it. I used to trail run. Don't anymore. These people don't need their stuff fast. They need it at all. Doesn't help if I get a broken ankle on the way through. They need someone reliable. And apparently, that's me. It's not as risky as people think to go between the encampments. really not bad, all things considered. You just have to keep your eyes out. Situational awareness. It's no good to let something sneak up. Some days are longer than others. I mostly go along the old superior hiking trail where the blue marks on the trees are faded. You can still find them. Six miles on slow days, 30 on strenuous ones. I don't travel at night. At night, the forest belongs to things other than myself. I don't carry weapons. If I did, well, they'd be just as easily used against myself as they would against somebody else or something else. You have to be smart. That's the thing. I used to get annoyed eating other people on the trail. Now that's pretty unlikely. I guess I got my wish. It's just me out here. Because there aren't, uh, yeah. Like I said, there aren't many people who are willing. The only people out here are Either those who have nothing left to lose, or everything left to lose. Some people are out here because they have people left to fight for, but most of us, it's just us. That's why we're willing to take the risk. I only carry what I need food properly sealed so the smell doesn't get out shelter water that's the heaviest part something to keep me warm in some ways I like the trail in the winter better than I like the trail in the summer I mean I'd rather be cold than deal with these flies sometimes as long as you have the right stuff with you to handle the freezing it'll be fine yeah that and the supplies that I'm running and a book always a book I always have one with me but I never read it 
books are like old friends. It's comforting to have one around. But you need to keep within a certain frame of mind when you're out here. It's like when I used to go to yoga classes. Back when there were yoga classes. And at the end, they would put us in Shavasana, the corpse pose, and tell us to just be exactly where we were, that we were perfect, and that nothing outside of this moment was real. That. That's where you need to be. In that moment of detached slash fully attached meditation where anything outside this moment in space and time isn't real and can't hurt you. And if you maintain that thought, that frame of mind, if you stay in that moment, you're absolutely safe. That's what gives people trouble. They can't do it. We're always afraid, afraid of the future, afraid of the past. We feel bad about what was, how we messed up, if we messed up. Man, the hours at night I used to spend just like thinking back either to mistakes that I'd made, times I'd embarrassed myself, or worse yet, wondering that thing I said, did that person react in a way that suggested that I insulted them? I didn't mean to insult. You know what I'm saying? Those avenues that you end up winding down late nights, getting caught up in your own insecurity, and on the other side of things, the concern over the future. What if I didn't do the right thing yesterday to help me tomorrow? What if this? What if that? What if I can't get the food that I need? What if I don't make it? What if this person is waiting for me? It, whatever it might be. If. But really, if isn't anything. And it took a lot of practice for me to get to the point where I could talk about these things and think about these things without internalizing them. Because even now, as I'm walking, I'm just explaining. I'm not outside this moment. Every step, avoiding a tree root, every bird, that sings every butterfly, <sighs> a lot of butterflies. They eat from dead bodies, you know that? We used to think of butterflies as beautiful and innocent, but a swarm of butterflies means one of two things, dead meat, 
or, well, don't go down that avenue of thought, right? This time I was lucky. It was just a dead animal. People on the inside, they're so concerned that these new things will do the runners in. That one time I won't come back because of some encounter, some uncontrollable force, but honestly, I think there'll be some kind of poetic justice in my end. I'll probably die of Lyme's disease or something like that. Something that could have done me in even before. Something straightforward. Because every new threat feels like the end. Our world faced a pandemic and that felt like the end. But it wasn't, at least not for a lot of people. We've dealt with wars. A lot of us thought that would be the end. But it wasn't, at least for a lot of us. And really, even if I die from this, it's only the end of the story if I assume the story is about me. You can eat daisy flowers, you know that? There's not much oomph to them as far as calories, but they have vitamins, some good stuff. They're an appetite suppressant when you need them to be. You have to pick them when the yellow part's still flattish, before it pops out. If you get them at that time, they're delicious. Who would have thought daisy flowers? <laughs> There's a hell. Hold on. Whew. There we go. That should be last big one. The last one for today. If mantras help, that's one way of doing it, um, of keeping your thoughts in place. It's an old meditation thing, I guess. I'm, I was never an expert before. Um, you choose a sound or a phrase and you repeat it to yourself over and over again. You can do it with the rhythm of your steps. You can do it with the rhythm of your breath. I think rhythm helps. I'm not a mantra person myself, but test it out when you're in a, a good, safe environment and see what works for you. It's an endurance game. You can't sit still for more than five minutes. 
not for you. I don't know if uh, if any of this is helping. I hope so. Those of us who are out there right now, like I said, we're few. We just we figured it out by what didn't kill us. We got lucky. Maybe it'll be easier for the next generation, so to speak. New normal, new normal. It reminds me of 2020. This is the new normal. And, um, yeah, I don't think this one is going away. But when I get to the camps, I don't, I don't tend to stick around very long. Um, I mean, suddenly skills that were considered obsolete and unimpressive and unimportant are the way the whole world still stays connected and functions. Suddenly, I'm important. Um, and you can be too. But maybe you'll find, like I did, that once you spend some time out here, it doesn't feel real in there anymore. It's too many people, too many obligations, too many walls and artificial lights, too much light and not enough light. And out here, you just have to keep going. That's all it takes. One of the more difficult things, other than simple endurance, is policing your psychological reaction when you encounter something unexpected. And you will. It's mostly rocks and trees out here, but once in a while something will hit you. It's okay to respond to it. It's okay to it's okay to have a freak out, actually. I have. It's okay to just cry, wail, scream if you need to. Um, as long as it is a response to where you're at right now. Um, so you don't need to be unemotional completely. It's a particular type of emotion. Um, I'm going to be really careful how I tell this story, but I came across, um, this was only a week ago, a camp that I would stop at every time I came through that way. It was an old SHT campsite with a latrine and everything, really nice stuff. And um, an old friend of mine, one of the few people I still know, knew, she was at the site, and 
wasn't anymore because she was dead. And that type of thing will cause psychological reaction and that's unavoidable. And if you try too hard to avoid it, you know, that's it again. There you go, you're gone. So I did respond. I let myself feel what I was feeling. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in for looking back at the standards of a few years ago, one might say I did not handle it well. <laughs> but I survived. Nothing came, nothing came and got me because I kept my emotions in the moment and divorced them from all of my, from letting my memories surface on a conscious level of the time I had spent with this person and the connection that we shared. Um, yeah, I was just something that was happening in the time and space where I was. And the more genuine you are about that time and space where you are, the better. Doesn't leave a lot of room for processing your grief, but hey, new normal. So you are currently living within the walls, which means that all this out here is not directly affecting you. I think, I think it actually is, but that's another, that's not for this audio. Um, so you're used to a cradle of sorts. You're used to something designed to artificially mimic the way that things once were. Maybe I'm the crazy one for feeling more at home out here, but at least I'm not pretending. At least I'm real. Isolation is the best way to do it, I think. You don't want your study thoughts compromised by interactions with somebody else. Speaking of, lay low. It's a very solid question. What should you do if you encounter someone in danger? Remember this, that person in danger, they're putting themselves in danger. They're putting themselves in danger 
and they can put you in danger too. Second thing to remember is that person, there's a good chance they're not really a person in the first place. There's a good chance that this is a trap to get you out of your head. I'm not going to fall for it. No, I hope you don't either. Keep moving. Make sure they pass. <laughs> My favorite sound. It's a certain kind of rock that is very brittle, I guess. I don't know what kind of rock it is, but it breaks apart from these slopes and makes this beautiful sound. That's another way to uh, center yourself in mindfulness, as they used to call it. You focus on all the things you can hear, your senses one by one, all the things you can smell. So I can hear mosquitoes, and birds, and leaves. I can smell the grass, the green stuff that I'm stepping on, the dirt. Wildfire smoke, probably from Canada or California, depending on the wind. All the colors you can see. Gray, green, white. Brown, red, red. When you run out, start differentiating how many colors of green you can see. Count them off. going like that. Cycle through the senses. What can you feel? It works for some of us. You have to find what works for you. Maybe pick a short run back from your compound, your camp, whatever you want to call it get your bearings and see what works for you before you really head out there. You don't want to find yourself in a situation you're not ready for. Then again, 
That's life, isn't it? And when you make it to the next camp, remember what you're worth. A lot of people will be thankful. Some get greedy in a perpetual time of crisis. Hate to boil it down this much, but there are two groups of people. Those that want nothing more but to connect and help each other. And those who hoard. Those who are focused on the instinct of self-preservation. Human beings are social huh. um, by nature. And so it makes survival sense to help each other out. That's a valid survival instinct. But so is greed. You'll get a feel for which line of thinking to accept, to expect from which kind of person. Um, but if you encounter the greedy kind, remind them. You can stop delivering to their camp anytime. They have to make it worth your while. Really, there's no reason to go back in at all if you don't want to. I shouldn't tell you that, but you would have found it for yourself anyway. At that point, you'll have to answer the question for yourself. Are you a self-preserver or a team player? The point I was trying to make is that you are worth more than your weight in gold. And uh, don't hesitate to ask for more when you're owed it. You really don't need much. And the things that are valuable to you are not valuable to people living inside the walls. And they know that. But greed is not always logical or reasonable. So make sure they send you off with the right supplies. And most importantly, don't forget to rest. Sit down, take a couple deep breaths, drink some water. That's the kind of thing that'll do you in out here. Honestly, I think I should do another one of these just with general backpacking tips. How to filter your water, that kind of thing. Which plants are edible. The rest you learn with experience. Find out what works for you. This life might be for you, and it might not be. But you won't know until you go and try it. <laughs> Find out for yourself. And then once you're in the safety of the walls again, reflect. Think back. Compare. Where do you feel most like yourself? In there?
or out here. I know my answer. Not even you can say your fate. Many become something unexpected, and all are one unexpected event away from a new path. Just stay aware of the path. It may lead to the creepy quadrant.